from a villainous hideout on the moon to the community center in Angel Grove all the way to the mysterious command center you're listening to Mighty Morphin Podcast Rangers where we cover everything from TV to movies and comics Welcome to another episode of Mighty Morphin Podcast Rangers I'm your host Adam and with me is my co-host Nick Nick how's it going? Adam, it's morphin' time. It is indeed. Doing great, sir. And if if the if the scheduling goes according to plan, our audience will be watching and listening to this on the 29th anniversary of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. 29. Wow. You know wow, what that, that is... says to me, Nick? What does that say to you? That we're getting older? We're getting old, yeah. We're getting old. That's right. Soon they're <laughs> going to cast me in the Batman Beyond movie as Batman. <laughs> It's only a couple of years away. Uh, okay, no, not, <laughs> uh, but I hope they don't cast me because that means it's taken that long to get it. Uh, by the time I hit 70, we're looking at another 40 some odd years. <laughs> I, I was thinking that. more like you'd be a better older Tommy Oliver than maybe, you know, Bruce I Wayne. I would do, but I need to have Amy Joe Johnson as my co star. Like, that's oh. my. <laughs> Listen, I have requirements. And that's one of my demands. Make, making uh, demands already. Look at that's that. That's right. I'm, I'm Henry Cavill. Uh, <laughs> making all kinds of demands, apparently. But um, <laughs> um, no, no, we're not here to. Well, all the Batman and Superman allegories kind of make sense because on the anniversary of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Nick and I decided let's let's combine our fandoms, just the way Boom Studios and DC Comics did, mm. and the way we're going to do that is by reviewing Justice League, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And that's the physical copy of the book right there. There you go. Um, This is a uh, graphic novel uh, that was written by, oh, it's like it was a comic miniseries, Mm -hmm. then obviously turned into a graphic novel. Written by uh, Tom Taylor, who everybody knows, that that reads good comic books will know who Tom Taylor is, because he he's a fantastic writer, and it was drawn by I believe is Stephen Byrne, mm-hmm. I believe is the artist's name. Uh, it came out in 2017, correct, uh, Nick? Uh, 17, yeah, 16, maybe 16, 17, around yeah. there. Yeah. Either way, I think... I think around, the, they, around the time the movie came out, yeah. You know what's funny is, and I don't think this was by accident, uh, this book came out around the same time as both the first ever Justice League movie and the Power Rangers reboot movie. Yep, yeah, which is, good point. Again, I don't think that's a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I remember hearing about this book, like, as it was happening. Um, mm-hmm. I had the, the physical issues. And I remember thinking, you know, when the idea, when, you know, when, when, when the comic sites started, um, you know, reporting on this, I'm like, well... I get. I never thought of this pairing before, mm-hmm. but I guess it does. I, I it could work. Um, and boy, was I happy when I read it uh, that it actually, in fact, did work. Uh, and both the writer and artist did a fantastic job. Uh, I, I think uh, on on unifying and melding the two the two uh, worlds. So just before we get into the thick of it. Uh, Nick, what was your kind of when you heard about this? Uh, what was your thought process on it? Well, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, I'm just like mad at myself that it took me this long uh, to even read it. I know you were you were telling me uh, firstly, Adam, that I would really love this issue, and um, as somebody who didn't even know that Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a thing, um, when you combine two of my real first childhood loves, which were uh, DC, you know, count that with Batman and Justice League and yeah. Power Rangers together. I'm like, 
it's like my childhood dream come together. I mean, uh, so honestly, you know, I read it and it was, I thought it was awesome. I mean, it was just like everybody, the pairings were awesome. The dialogue was great. Um, like I said, I didn't know this thing like even existed. And what you just said so beautifully too is I didn't know this pairing could actually work. Um, but when you throw Tom Taylor in there, um, you're going to kind of get what you got. Right, exactly. So the perfect sequel for you would probably be Power Rangers Time Force and Batman Beyond, right? Or Justice oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Adam, you somebody get the Kickstarter up and running. Yeah. And let, let's get this going. Oh, Start my God. Start a hashtag campaign. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but yeah, so... Um, no, I, I'm. I knew when I reckon when we started, you know, doing this podcast, I knew that at some point we'd have to review this because I think I, I knew it'd be right up your alley. Yep. And um, and I'm glad that it seems like you enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll uh, definitely uh, get right into the to the thick of things. So you know the book opens on the, like it shows you a the picturesque kind of angel growth to start mm-hmm. uh, and then it quickly transitions to a crater in the ground that used to be where angel grove uh, was mm-hmm. the power rangers are all looking in sort of shock um Zach, in particular, is blaming himself. And then out of nowhere, uh, to start the book, uh, you hear a voice saying, this, isn't, this wasn't your fault. Uh, and, you know, the, the reveal is it's, it's Superman. And, I mean, you open the cover, you know that they're going to be, they're, they're going to be together. But that opening is like, what? Wait a minute. What? Mm-hmm. How did this happen? Where are we going? Right? So, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, through, like, the, the, the story does one of those, you know, I think it was 36 hours earlier. Yep. And it shows you the events uh, that, that led to that moment. Mm-hmm. But what did you specifically think of that opening? Like, did you, were you, were you instantly drawn in, or? Yeah, it, it was an interesting choice, too, because like you said, it kind of like the book kind of just starts, right? Like, there's no really, like, build up to, oh, here's the Power Rangers, then here's the Justice League, right? It's like it's, it's like they, they're kind of just blown in there right away, which is, it's fine, it's comics, you know, you can kind of take those kind of liberties like that. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of a cold open, to be quite honest, and it actually uh, set the stage to me that this was more of a Zack story uh, that had, you know, power and use and justice league mix into it so obviously for people that grew up with the series you know uh let's call it what it was you know zach wasn't really the most serious of characters he wasn't yeah, I don't was think, the most people's and, favorite yeah. character you know he was more of the the hipster of the group right you know he was kind of an afterthought but you yeah, got hip, no offense but you know. and, and yeah and and um and uh he's trying to get the girl which hey listen yeah with the we all, we all can I relate have. to that. With, with the amount of multiverses I have, I get it, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no, no. Uh, this book yeah, really went out of the, Yeah, this book really went out of their way, and that you bring up Zach, mm-hmm. you know, to make him. And I'm gonna I'm gonna use a quote from from a very polarizing filmmaker. Zach was the heart of the story, much like apparently Cyborg was the heart of Justice League. I still didn't get that impression, but that's just me. Anyway, um, uh, Zach was the heart of the story, uh, and so I agree with your sentiment there that he was the, the you know, the, the, he, he was really, mm-hmm. he was the key. Uh, and um, I, what I, what I, what I liked about it is that you open on that and you're confused. You're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then you're taken to the command center, and the action never stops. Like. Yep. Uh, you know, Alpha's missing. The team splits up and Louis starts looking for Alpha. And then Zach finds him. Mm-hmm. But it's not really Alpha. It's it's a bomb. It's a phony Alpha with a bomb that was planted by Zed. The bomb goes off. Zed, atta- Zed and the party's attack. Like, it's, it's mayhem. It's like, 
if Michael Bay directed a team up movie between Power Rangers and and, and Justice League, this probably would probably would be it. it. <laughs> What's that? That's probably who would do it. <laughs> yeah. Which means Megan Fox would be Kimberly. And uh-huh. listen, I wouldn't be opposed <laughs> to that because Megan Fox on the list. Um, but you know, you know, listen, I had to do it. You have to be that. Uh, it's got, like it's not an episode of, on my podcast network. If the pen doesn't click, folks, that's the way it works around here. Donnie, uh, please clip this out. <laughs> yeah, no, stay in. Um, no, but um, yeah. So um, the the like it's nonstop action, and mm-hmm. you uh, people are probably. I mean, as you're reading, you're probably wondering, well, how does the Justice League get involved? Well. <laughs> In his fight against Zed, Zack basically teleports the both of them out of the command center. Mm-hmm. But because the the of the explosion and the teleporter and the technology being sort of all out of whack, um, they end up on a different universe. So, well, how, how did you? How did? What was your take on all that? Well, how did you mm-hmm. see it? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, let's uh, let's be real. I mean, Zed invading the command center is about as uh, that's about as big as it gets. <laughs> uh, kudos, kudos to Zed for coming up with that plan. Uh, blowing up Alpha Five like that. Oh, that's something. Um, my takeaway too is again, Zach actually going up against Lloyd Zed, like him just casually thinking he can go toe to toe with him, right? I mean, it's not Jason, it's not Tommy, uh, it's Zach that kind of goes up, uh, and ultimately loses in the end, but. You know what? Honestly, the whole thing, I think it's a smart choice of them being in different dimensions because then it really differentiates that, you know, Power Rangers cannot exist in a world in which Justice League exists and kind of vice versa. So I like that, you know, it took the, it's this idea of a shattered dimension or an altered dimension that kind of brings them yeah, they uh, have to be together. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I like that a lot. Um, and so then on on the DC Earth, I guess we'll, we'll call it. Sure. Uh, Zach ends up in, in Gotham and encounters Batman. And th- th- just for some context, when you look at the art, Batman is wearing his New 52. I was going to say New 52. Uh, costume. Look, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I, I, I had no issues with the New 52 Batman costume. I thought it was pretty cool. And it had a nod to the yellow oval because, yep. because the bat symbol was uh, outlined in yellow. So it wasn't a yellow oval, but it was like, yeah, look, we'll nod to it, mm-hmm. which was good enough at the time. I, I allowed it. Um, uh, but um, so, you know, Zach is confronted by Batman. Zach mistakes Batman for one of Zed's monsters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And and the interplay between them uh, mm-hmm. is is pretty interesting, especially when you know they start fighting, and then the Power Rangers teleport to Zach because they you know they realize that he's he's gone missing, and they want to rescue him, so they take the risk of using the the, the teleporter, and they end up too in the in the DC universe. So Batman at one point is by himself against against the Power Rangers mm-hmm. and and he radios to you know the uh, the Justice League specifically the Flash uh, the the Flash shows up and and uh, you know disarms the the Rangers of their weapons uh, and then the the rest of the Justice League you know uh, uh, is is summoned by you know by Batman and, and Flash and so then it's a meeting of of, of the two sets of heroes and they kind of shake things out and work things out. But what I loved about this whole meeting was the interplay, the back and forth between the two teams. Like, you know, Zach is like, how the hell am I supposed to know that you're, you're one of the heroes? Yeah, when, that was funny. You know, you're so scary and intimidating. <laughs> and, you know, and, and uh, super, you, you, Superman has some, uh, and Flash has some jabs, uh, you know, uh, Batman, they're like, yeah, he likes to intimidate new people. Um, uh, uh, and one of them I think it was John Stewart that said 
when he's like, yeah, he thought Batman was, was a villain. He's like, well, if you didn't know, no, it was Flash. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, if, if I didn't know Batman, who Batman was, I think he was a villain too. Uh, you know, so like that, <laughs> yeah. that comedy there was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I liked all that. And then when, when Kimberly noticed that, you know, Flying Man, a.k.a. Superman, arrived on the scene, she mm-hmm. got in her pterodactyl. And Flash, when he calls the rest of the, like the reserves, he's like, uh, we need everybody. And they're like, why? What's up? And he's like, well, well, I never thought I'd say this. But there's a flying robotic dinosaur. And, uh, yeah. So it's like, just like the discovery of all that and, and yeah. the, the Justice League reacting to that was mm-hmm. gold. So what did you think about that? I love the interplay. I, I thought it was all Oh, dude. I thought, like, that whole panel, all those panels I thought were awesome. I mean, like, that's really, like, what the book was made for right it was to give you those little interplays like you said like that and and it's funny too because again i'm gonna probably bring the call back again but you know if anybody's read peter tomasi's batman and tm tmnt one um the batman and zach encounter and then when the justly gets involved is kind of very reminiscent of that where like you know batman could probably hold his own against them but of course there's too many of them so he yeah. needs a justly to get involved and like you said and then Obviously, for me, like, I'm an emotional reader as well as a viewer. So, like, it, it's it's funny, again, that one, and again, it's really funny because what, what Tom Taylor would go on to actually write Superman, the way he portrays Superman in this book, I thought is uh, fantastic the whole way through. And it's oh, really when, yeah, it's really when Superman, like, enters the scene is when everything becomes grounded at him, I think. That's and when everything like, calms down. Yeah. Like, he's like, yep. he's the calming influence. Like, all right, enough of this. You know, enough of the nonsense. Yep. Let's talk it all. You know, like, yep. um, and and I love that because it just shows the leadership of of Superman. Yep. And that calming influence that he has. And on the other side of the equation, it's Jason that's saying, "All right, stop this." Like, he's yep. telling the other Rangers enough. So you get the two the two leaders kind of. The cooler heads prevailing, yep. whereas Batman still doesn't trust him, which is mm-hmm. apropos of Batman, and you know it's it's like. Um, but I just really thought that that was um, uh, all really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, like Tom Taylor, I mean, I always knew that he he loved Superman, mm-hmm. uh, so I knew that he would be able to write Superman, you know, well, and be true to the character. But just the way he sort of quickly got the Power Rangers, and they were bang on. Like, it wasn't... It's Like, certain writers, if they never had a familiar with the characters, you'd know, mm-hmm. you know, the way the characters were written. But with this, and I don't know if this is the case, but I get the sense that back in the 90s, I don't know how old Tom Taylor is, but he probably watched Power Rangers, is my right. guess. I could be wrong. No, it definitely sounds like he has some background of it. Yeah, because the, 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 way, the way that he drew the Power Rangers, which I don't know if you feel this way too, but I think the Power Rangers are drawn spectacularly in, yeah, in this Burn book too. I think, they, I think they look better than the Justice League characters, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. like the Justice League with the yeah. way they look, but I think, you know what it was? This fits... Because, let's be honest, the bulk of the book ends up taking place in the Power Rangers universe. Yeah, that's a good point. So the art style is more reflective of a Power Ranger comic than it is, a, you know, a DC Justice League mm-hmm. tale. But but I still thought the Justice League looked, looked, looked solid. Yeah, oh, 100%, yeah. Um, it, it reminded me that I, you know, when I looked at the Justice League and I remembered that, okay, this is, you know, those costumes that you, ha- you have behind you, the New 52, I'm like, I, I, one of the problems, one of the things that, I, there were a lot of issues with the New 52. Mm-hmm. One of them was not the way the characters' costumes looked. I, I think the costumes look fine. Right. Um, so, um, 
the I really I really like that whole early exchange. Mm. And then you realize that um, when when the two teams uh, start to understand what the plan is, you know, specifically when because after that that moment we see a little bit of a of a, a exchange between Lord Zed. And on the DC side of things, Brainiac. So, um, and it seems like, you know, Brainiac's whole thing was still, you know, I, I want to gather uh, Earth or worlds. I want to gather spe species. I want to study them. Mm -hmm. I get the sense that Lord Zed was still, I mean, Ultimately, he wants to take over the world and all that jazz, but he's his main focus is still. I gotta get rid of the Power Rangers. Like my main focus is, <laughs> help me get rid of these these Power Rangers, right? So yeah, and so and they're like, and in exchange, you can have you know a city from my world, which is Angel Grove, and that's the that's the deal that that Bad guys made. making deals with each other. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Basically, politics, um, yeah. uh, but yeah. on a bigger scale. But um, <laughs> um, you know, and, and so when the Power Rangers, and one of the ways you neutralize the Power Rangers, or in theory, is you know take away their Zords and their Morphers, and that's exactly what Zed and Brainiac uh, do um, when when Zed. Um, arrives and, and you know Zed and Brainiac arrive and they pre present. Uh, he he allows them to take uh, Angel Grove. And I thought the one takeaway from that that I took was you know when Angel Grove was swept up, and I want to get your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. Where there's that one moment where Zach sees his his parents. And they're both oh, talking okay. to each other, but they can't hear each other because of the uh, the force field. Wow. Uh, uh, what I liked about that scene was it was very touching in the sense that it shows the the, 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 the sort of the responsibility and the hardship mm -hmm. of being a power ranger. Because I mean, they don't really often delve in, into it on the show, but yeah, what they do in this comic is they make it like you know every time the power rangers go off to save the earth. Mm -hmm. They've got to find a way to sneak out of school or get away from their parents. Right. And they can't say, hey, mom, dad, I'm a Power Ranger. I saved the world, right? They, you can't. Mm -hmm. So you've got to come up with lies, excuses. It's a, and that will put a strain on, on the relationship. And that's what, you, you know, Zach and... And his parents had just had an argument because they're like, "You're gone all the time. Where do you go? What do you, you know?" And, mm -hmm. and it's and it's so it really showed the strain more than any other book up to that point that or 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 piece of entertainment regarding the Power Rangers that I that I saw before this had really hit, sort of hammered that idea home that man the the responsibility and the things that you have to put on hold when you, you're a Power Ranger. You really put that into perspective. What did you think on all that? Yeah, I, I thought the moment between Zach and his parents were uh, was beautiful because, like you just said, you know, in the in the seasons, especially the earlier ones, you know, we never got those kind of interactions. You yeah, know, that's just why to sneak around the corner and uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Wrong, it's right, why it's why I admired what the movie did a lot too. Like when Jason goes to save his dad in the movie, like that's a moment that really does. <sighs> Hit. And, you know, like, parents aren't, like, well, stupid. Well, most of them I don't think are. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can, you can hide yeah. stuff from them for a time, but eventually Yeah, but, like, parents know for the most part, right? Yeah. Like, like, like they know. Like, they just they know want you to think they don't shady know. They know crap. They're like, hey, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as the other stuff goes, you know, it's like when you watched um, the Power Rangers series and when the Zords actually got destroyed, when it ended on that cliffhanger, um, when Zed actually destroyed all the Zords. Uh, that's kind of the moment that it kind of reminded me of too, like where it's again like now the power coins, 
are gone. You're bringing them in the hands of Zed and Boyniak. Like, are you kidding me? Um, so then it comes down to, okay, well, now can the Justice League trust them? Right? And then we get that beautiful panel of, like, oh, well, here's some costumes for you guys because you guys can't just go out in public and fight putties and, and Zed, you know, without a disguise, right? Because then everybody's going to know who you guys are. So right. then, like, Adam, it just turns into, like, this DC Universe book uh, and Justice League, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the arrival of Brainiac really really balanced uh, um, the scales, like, made it a 50-50 book, even though a lot of the action took place on Angel, in Angel Grove. Like, the yep. fact that Brainiac was... was you know, a central figure really kind of, um, and but before they went over to, uh, uh, you know, there was a, when when they were when it picks up again on that scene where you know Zach is looking at the at the, the, at, you know, the, the hole where Angel Grove used to be, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "Well, fought, Superman is was like, we'll figure out a way, you know, to save." your home and your planet. It's like, I know how you're feeling. And he's like, how would mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, he's like, I lost, I lost a planet too. Yep. But the difference is we can save yours. And again, yeah. that in that same breath, it shows you the weight that Superman carries. I mean, yep. he wasn't, he didn't spend a lot of time on Krypton. Right. But I think and I don't want to get all Dr. Phil and psychoanalyzing Superman. Sure. But imagine you're putting a ship as a small child, and as you're flying away to safety, in the background, you, your planet explodes. In the recesses of, of your mind, that is going to have an effect on you. I don't care how old or young you are. I, I mean, that presumably something like that would stay with you even if you spend what maybe a, a couple of years on that planet sure. you were so mm-hmm. small so again it, it underscores the, the that that the heaviness that superman is constantly dealing with and his end game is my job here is to ensure that something like that whether by means of villains doing it or by means of humanity screwing things up so bad that they do it to themselves my goal is to ne- make sure that, that the people of Earth never go through what the people of Krypton did. So it shows you how much weight he's carrying. So mm-hmm. instantly, you, like in, in this big team-up book, you really get an idea of the, 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 the pressure and, and all, the, all, all, the, all the weight that these, these heroes have to bear. And I think it's very well, well put together. Um, and it, it really shows that effectively. So, one of the things that, because when one of the things that I I know that I was wondering, and I'm sure you were and a lot of readers was when when the Power Rangers end up on on the DC Earth. You know, even the characters are like, "Well, how are we supposed to get home?" Right. And uh, so they, they, they're all in the watchtower and they're trying to come up with, with a scheme. And I like how Superman, there's that, 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 that thing where he talks about each of the members mm-hmm. and it's like each of the strengths of the, of the different characters. Yeah, that was awesome. That was really cool. <laughs> and, and when he got to Batman, he's like, well, and here's Batman. And he's, he's, he's good at this, that, and the other. Well, because he's, why? Well, because he's Batman. And that yeah. was the only explanation needed. <laughs> um, but you know the fact that they use the real world kind of device in mm-hmm. the hyd- the CERN hydron collider, I think it is, mm-hmm. to sort of create a wormhole to allow them to go to the Power Ranger. Ranger. I mean, look, it's a fantastical, it's fantastical mumbo jumbo, right? Right. To get yep. them there, but the idea that they use the real world sort of piece of technology I thought was very very cool mm-hmm. and how the Justice League got got access to that was like because when they come up with a plan they're like that's great but they're not just going to let you the power agents are like they're not just going to let you use that right. Billy was like he's like 
They wouldn't let Batman use it, but they'll let somebody <laughs> else use it, and, and that somebody else is Superman. Yep. You know, because if Superman goes in asking for something, who's going to say no to Superman? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, right. So that's how they get... Um, uh, they get permission to use it, and that's how they're able to... And again, I love how in creating the vortex, wormhole, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it, like there's a member of both, there's something from both teams that play, like in the, in the, in the, in, that's vital to getting the two teams over to the other side. So from the Justice League perspective, it's Green Lantern sort of keeping everything, holding everything together so that, that they, can, they, they can create the wormhole. And then it's mm-hmm. it's Tommy's dragon dagger because they need a they need a relic from the Power Rangers Earth to get over. And the only thing that that Zed didn't take away was the dragon dagger. Um, yeah. So that I, I, again, it wasn't just hey the DC characters did it all to get over to the pot. It, it was a, it was, a, it was a, the way it was constructed was a well thought uh, you know it was fair amongst both sides. Mm-hmm. That's one of the drawbacks of crossovers. Mm-hmm. either movies or, or comics or whatever is when one side becomes overly predominant mm-hmm. yeah and i mean this is um this is like when we really get into the like the meat of the book is now you're getting um what you would call fan service moments right where now you're getting the interactions that i think you're reading the book for which um you know you get like some cool moments of dialogue between billy and cyborg like that's a cool pairing yeah. like who would have thought of that one at the time, right? Uh, you get no, you you get like some Flash and Zack kind of have some moments together. Uh, Jason and Batman kind of have a cool standoff. Which, let's be honest, if anyone's gonna go toe to toe with Batman, it would be Tommy. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Uh, yeah. Jason and Superman kind of have a cool thing. Uh, then yeah. you have like Kimberly and uh, Wonder Woman kind of have some cool moments. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's like I like that each of them kind of play off of a different. Uh, Justice League member really, really well. And that kind of sets the stage uh, very well for what's to come. Yeah, and, and, and when they go over there, it, you know, when they get over to the Power Rangers, mm-hmm. it's interesting because, you know, now the Power Rangers have to sort of take the lead, yep. but they don't have their morphers or power coins. So how do you, how do you gain the upper hand against Zed and, and Brainiac when you don't have access to that. Um, and I love how Batman had uh, weaponry <laughs> in the Javelin. And he's like, oh, I brought some extra thing. And it's all weaponry from different heroes and villains. Um, and so, like, Jason... Like, I love how it's so simple, but you need to make it happen. Like, yeah. it needs to be this way. Each of the Rangers took something that was representative of their color scheme. Mm-hmm. So, Jason had uh, the Red Hood helmet. Yep, which is cool. Uh, yeah, it was cool. The Green, Green Ranger had Lexus Battle armor. <laughs> Kimberly had the boxing glove arrow from 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 uh, be Wildcat uh, maybe. No, it was from Green Arrow. Oh yeah, 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 you're right. And yeah, she sure. had the, the 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 cowl of Hawk Girl. Yep. Which keeps with the flying bird kind of yeah, motif, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Zach had. I hell was Zach wearing? I can't remember. Uh, Zach took the um. Oh God, what did that take? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I can't remember what Zach took. I just read this too. Hmm. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. But it's something, but it was all black anyway. Like his outfit was predominantly all, all black. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I liked. I thought it was pretty cool that they they still maintained. Through the color scheme, you know, they're, they're, uh, and I like the way Kimberly was fascinated by the, by the, by the boxing glove arrow. Mm-hmm. 
where at first she's like skeptical. She's like, well, what the hell is this gonna, gonna do? But then eventually she gets, she's like, yeah, I get it. Uh, looks like he just saw uh, Zach kind of took the Mr. Terrific look, it looks like to me. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah, there you good go. Good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah. So, no, but I, I thought that was a cool, again, is there a little element of cheese to it? Yeah, but you know what? With the Power Rangers, you got to have a little bit of that. It can't be, I mean, you can't make. Even whatever whatever the ultimate reboot ends up being, whatever this reboot universe ends up being, mm -hmm. it cannot be the Power Rangers version of the Batman. I mean, like you can't you can't completely take the elements out of you know the cheesy element out of the, a, a part yeah. of it needs to be there. So I thought, yeah, it's a little cheesy, but it's it's fun. Yeah, it works. So yeah. I, I like that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I I thought was pretty funny was. Wonder Woman just walking into the, the, the UN. Yeah. Who are you? And they're like, <laughs> and, she, and she's like, yeah, I know I'm from a different, you know, I'm from a, a different right. earth. But, yeah, just flat but out. But it was just like, she just like, she's like, yeah, I don't, like, I'm Wonder Woman. I don't care. I'm walking into the yeah. UN. What are they going to say to me? <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That like, was I just, cool. I just love that, that sort of display of, of confidence. You know, mm -hmm. and and it reminded me of the the Wonder Woman twenty seventeen movie where she walks into the when uh, you know in the British or whatever the hell it was, yep. they're making their plans and, and she just walks in and like oh yeah I'm, I need to say something and it's, so it reminded me of that yep a bit which which I liked and then you know the Power Rangers come in in their in their makeshift kind of borrowed outfits and they're, they reassure the UN and they're like. You know, these people are with us and, and, and all that and and so part of the plan is um, to for Superman to go in cause a distraction and get back the the, the power uh, morphers and, 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 and the coins and he does, uh, and again, that was a big like. like the, what the book does, and it does a great job with Superman, is that balance of, you know, calming, peaceful uh, influence, and you know, take charge, superhero, and you really see that when he charges, he flies through the. Through the you know through the through Brainiac ship to get there, like he's he's in badass Superman mode. Like he's like, yep. he, like he's he's fed up. Like he's taken he's taken off the gloves and he knows he can because we're dealing with an alien and a robot. Yep. And you know Batman even makes a point right when you know he's you know, concocting the plan, and he's like we're dealing with aliens and robots. We don't have to pull our punches. Mm. So like even Batman has his, you know, he's like, okay, with humans, yes, but with, with, with these guys, you know, let loose, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so you see that from Superman. Of course, Brainiac has kryptonite handy, which causes some issue. Yep. But Superman is able to, uh, uh, in the interim, get a hold of the uh, of the power morphers. Um, so again, I, I like the fact that they're using Superman smartly here because theoretically, right? Mm -hmm. if, if, you, if you write Superman or if you handle Superman the wrong way, where he's too all-powerful and he can do whatever he wants, then what do you need the Power Rangers and the Justice League for? Like, hypothetically, right. a fully-powered Superman could just go in and handle Brainiac and Zed on his own, right? Yeah, yeah, that's but, a great but point. But they've constructed it in a way where you need the other guys and Superman is used in a very specific fashion. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I thought the way they handled that was very was well put together. Because uh-huh. uh, the temptation, and again, Tom Taylor being a you know a huge Superman fan, yeah. the temptation has to be there whenever you're writing Superman. Oh, just how I'm going and. Just, mm-hmm. Well, we we all know how he writes in Justice Superman, so we don't have to we don't have to revisit you know yeah that thing, uh, but you know. <laughs> so so, um, and that's a very specific take on Superman, and, and right. for that story it works because of the kind of story it's telling. Exactly. Uh, but also, you know, he's proven in later years with what he's doing with Superman Son of Kal El, which is great. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, uh, so he like he knows how to write the traditional good-natured Superman, even though he spent a, a bunch of his time writing the anger, angry, yep. uh, you know, quote-unquote evil Superman. Um, yep. But <laughs> along the way, and I thought this was very clever, earlier in the story, um, Cyborg is uh, infected mm. by Brainiac. Um, by a virus via Brainiac. And um, so Batman, with the help of Superman and Billy, is able to, I mean, Billy stabs him with, the, with, the, with his lance there. And uh, Superman's holding Cyborg, and Batman is able to do something to reprogram him. Mm-hmm. And there was a small. It was a very small exchange, but. Yep. Yeah. Superman's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm reprogramming." And he's like, "And Victor knows you're able to do this." He's like, "We don't have time for this." Yeah. Batman, yeah. Whenever Batman yeah. doesn't want to talk, not now. Or we don't have time for this. Tower of Babel. I'm glad you brought that up. I was yep. like, this. It brings me calls back to that. <laughs> And yep. I loved it because that's a great story. That is a great story. Um, so there's always that dynamic of Batman withholding information from his yep. teammates, <laughs> which is carried over here. Uh, and even Cyborg, when when he comes to, and he's like, "Why is there a hole?" And you know, Billy's like, "Sorry, I had to stab you." <laughs> and then and then he's like, "What, what happened?" And he's like, uh, and Superman's like, Batman, you want to reprogram He's like, you did what? And they're fighting a tree. He's like, we don't have time for this. Like, you know, like, so yeah. it shows you, like, those kind of moments, despite their dysfunction, I think one of the similarities I think that the Justice League and Power Rangers share mm-hmm. is that while they may not be blood family, they certainly behave as if they're, you know, family. So it goes beyond just, you know, essentially superhero co-workers. Um, but then ultimately, uh, Cyborg's uh, sort of virus plays a, plays a hand in, um, in the big battle at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but as, as we get there, you know, like, uh, there's a big third act battle that includes, um, the Zords, um, Alpha 5, who was captured at one point by Brainiac, but he's gotten loose, and much like the Megazord and, and, you know, Rita and Zed's monsters, for the first time ever, I think, and I could be wrong, but from my memory, in Power Rangers history, Alpha like grows to like a big, mm-hmm. like you know, Megazord size. I think Zed too, right? Zed too, yeah. Which yeah. is like I think the first time in Power Rangers history for all of these characters. Yeah, and they're part of the big battle with the Megazord and, and all that. And my God, the art. The art was amazing in these sequences. Oh God, yeah. Um, like seeing the the Megazord battle a giant Lord Zed was like 
I've always wanted. <laughs> like, this is, and, and like, about the, 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 just, there was a scene where, like, the Megazord is, the sword is clashing with Zed's staff, and I'm like, oh, that's like, yeah. that's the epitome of the perfect splash page. Yeah. And there's even a scene where, because, you know, magic is involved, right? With, uh, mm-hmm. So Superman's kind of incapacitated. And underneath the bat, like, as this big, these two big bohemians are going at it, underneath all that, you see a small shot of Batman, you know, helping Superman to safety. And it's like, the detail on that page, I was like, this is incredible. Yep. Um, and of course, that big battle was essentially just to hold off uh, uh, Brainiac and his forces long enough for uh, Cyborg and Billy to concoct their plan, which was to willingly let Brainiac reinfect Cyborg Mm -hmm. with the purpose of giving um, Brainiac a virus. Pretty ballsy plan. That's how they (laughs) take Brainiac off the board. And then Lord Zed is undone when Kimberly, I think she's on top of one of the Zords. Mm-hmm. And she does it. She hits him with the uh, uh, the boxing glove arrow and just knocks him upside the head and <laughs> knocks him out. And I'm like, you know what? That, that, that works. That, and it was... That gets the job done. <laughs> you know what made me laugh was the fact that she was so skeptical about it. Yeah, <laughs> when she got it, she's like, "What's this gonna do?" And then when she uses, she's like, "Oh, I get it now. I, like, I get it." Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, that was cool. Um, so the the Justice League and Power Rangers then use Brainiac's technology to unshrink Angel Grove and put it back in place. And there was a whole exchange was like, "Yeah, where." I think it was the Flash. He's like, as they're trying to like, they're trying to like uh, position mm-hmm. Brainiac's tech so that, that the beam will put Angel Grove right back where, like, in this proper position. So I think it was Flash. He's like, a little to the left, a little to the left. Orange is like, okay, we're dealing with putting an entire a little more to the left. I need something more scientific than a little more to that. He's like, why don't we ask Superman? So they're like, Superman, is this right? He's like, as a joke, he's like, a little more to the left? I thought that was pretty funny. Um, That was amazing. And then, of course, so they save the day, and there's a great shot of, like, the Megazord overlooking the the, the restored Angel Grove, and I love that shot. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a great shot. I absolutely love. So, and then, you know, the, 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 there's a bit of an epilogue where the Rangers and the Justice League in their civilian identities are at the juice bar, you know, just just you know enjoying a beverage and mm-hmm. and you know reveling in their victory. And, the juice uh, bar sure makes a lot of money, doesn't it, Adam? I mean, Jesus, it's it's, <laughs> it's quite the happening place, apparently. And uh, so uh, they order whatever, and Batman's like. I've got this. Yeah, that was cool. And, and at first they're like, you know, the Rangers are like, how can he afford all this? He's like, and, and, you know, Flash is like, don't worry, he's really, he, he always has money on it. He can pay. <laughs> and then I think, I think Zach notices as he goes to get him, he's like, you can't pay. He's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry, I got it. And he's like, no, no, you literally can't. And he's like, well, why not? And he's like, because we never had that president. And on the bill <laughs> is President Lex Luthor. And I thought that was so clever. That was awesome. I'm like, that's ingenious. I don't know who's going to get the bill, but that's freaking ingenious. Oh, God, that was amazing. <laughs> that was that was the, the, the funniest little... It's like It was like the Avengers shawarma scene, but better. Yeah. I thought. Um, and oh, then man. at the very end, we see that, you know... Uh, the uh, the the the, rain, the the Justice League is saying their goodbyes. Mm-hmm. Zordon opens a portal for them to go home, and they each 
give each other a communication device and they're like if you ever need if we ever need each other again we could just call on each other yeah and then you know alpha's doing his thing where he's iii this and that mm-hmm. but then in the last iii you see that brainiac has actually or remnants of brainiac have infected alpha five and that's how it ends which was really cool but i'm gutted because right where's my sequel I know. Where's the next six issues? <laughs> Come on. You can't tell me this didn't sell well. Oh, I had to. Yeah. So where's my sequel? Come on, DC, Boom Studios, Tom Taylor. Where where is it? I want it. Yeah. Don't make me start a hashtag. It's I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> um but no, yeah, so that was a cool ending, but it, it, again. When it ends like that and, and then a sequel doesn't happen, it's so uh it's frustrating. Yeah. But what yeah. did you think of that third act? Um, I mean, I, I thought the third act was, was awesome. You know, it was pure Power Rangers and Justice League. I love that the spotlight was always on the Power Rangers, which which was cool. Um, and again, it, it harks back to, you know, this was a pairing that you didn't think could work and ended up working in a Blades of Glory. Um, the third act, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I was like, because I got the hardcover too, and I'm like reading it, and there's so many other pages, I'm like, Oh, is there like a epilogue or a prologue or something that you that you know like follows up a little bit? And I'm like, no, it kind of just ends on this cliffhanger. So yeah, it's one of those of like, yeah. yeah, it's like the story was was so good and it was so cool that it's one of those you would think that there's a follow up to this, but um, it's a weird thing. It's almost like a, it's like an episode of Power Rangers or Justice, I guess, where it's like the adventure continues, I guess, right? And you kind of just have to uh, play in your head that eventually they reunite and they get alpha back i guess you know what again i i just i mm-hmm. don't understand how it's an it's an odd choice though yeah can we not somehow get back to i mean look they did power rangers teenage Mutant ninja turtles which we'll review on this show that'll probably be one of the next ones we review right <laughs> um and that's getting a sequel yeah. So, why can't this? Um, or at least capitalize. I mean, I know DC Animation did that, the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That's great. It's a good movie. Wouldn't, wouldn't this be a great animated movie? If, uh, oh, just God, yeah. Art? I can even just imagine, like, the art style just. Like, and get the original voice. That's the. See, yeah. This is the way to get the original actors back. Get them to do this. Call oh, back yeah. Kevin Conroy, Tim mm-hmm. Daly, you know, the cast of the Justice League animated series, and make this movie. Got like, it. Come on. So how does it not? Yeah. Yeah. And, and even to your point, too, like how there hasn't been a sequel, too. I mean, you know, this was like 2017, maybe late 2016. I think, I was, I think it was more 2017, though. You would think there's more comic readers now. That would probably get interested in something like this. Is it possible? Maybe, maybe because it could it possibly be because the DC universe has changed? Maybe, yeah. So th- that is not the continuity anymore? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. Because it does, you know, it has that new 52. But even still, continuity, but, you know. continuity, who cares? Yeah. Or you can just do like a time jump too, you know, like maybe like the art style is more modern today, like in. You know, like you, you can easily work around that. You can yeah, easily exactly. work around that. Yeah, so yeah, it, I don't know. It baffles me because there's no world that I can see that this didn't do well. Me neither. Me neither. Because Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic sold like gangbusters. Yep. Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sold like gangbusters. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't I don't get it. Maybe because if anything, these are the type of crossovers that you should be doing in comics right now maybe yeah. they want it maybe they want tom taylor back and he's just too busy right now i mean yeah so that's just man and nightwing that's a good point too plus the deceased stuff that he's yeah right and and i don't know if you're reading it um the the medieval justice league story that, mm. that's really good that's like game of thrones it's dc minus the nudity because there you go but that's good. So he's got a lot of stuff on his plate. So sure. maybe it's a case of they're just waiting for him and he's too busy. 
Or maybe they're waiting for the next Power Rangers movie or series to come out to, to go ahead and do it. I hope know? they're not waiting for the next Justice League movie because... They, who that knows might, that this, might be longer, unfortunately. Who knows when this 10-year <laughs> plan is going to kick into But, no, so I, I wish there was more. I hope that one day, you know, uh, smart business people get together and say, hey, that was good, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. And they get the band back together. But we've already talked about before we give our rating, what was your favorite? If you had to pick a favorite page of art, what would it be? Oh God, a favorite page. I would say, I mean, God, I gotta pick one, right? Um, I like the panel of when uh, Tommy hands the dragon, uh, the dragon dagger to Superman, because that to me signified like the trust between the both of them, and uh, just to see Tommy interacting with Superman in kind of like a sentimental moment like that, I thought was awesome. What would be yours? For me, it still has to be that that that, that Megazord versus oh. uh, like yeah. Giant Lord Zed with yeah. Batman and, and Superman kind of running for cover underneath yeah. them. Like just the skill and the detail of that page, mm-hmm. it just blows me away. Like I could never draw, yeah. let alone draw like that. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm just amazed by by the talent involved there. Yep. Uh, but I love this book. I I really. It's one of my favorite crossovers in comics that I've read. So with that being said, uh, let's give it a rating. Remember, we do uh, five for story and f- out of five for story and five for art. So what would you give it? Um, so for story, I'm going to give this uh, a 4.5 power coins out of five. Oh. <laughs> um, just because like, it's an excellent story, but that cliffhanger... And not following up on that cliffhanger as of right now still uh, kind of leaves a little bit to be desired. But that's like the most thing I can nitpick out of here. Uh, the art, I'm giving this a 5 out of 5. Because I think it's it's just, it's spectacular. The whole, the whole thing is spectacular. How about you? Yeah, for me, it's 4.5 uh, power coins out of 5 for the story. <laughs> the same as you. I like that. That's what we're going to do for power, uh, rating. For exactly. Like power that. coin good. rating. All right, good job, Nick. We can figure that out. And then for the art, I thought it was fantastic. So uh, five uh, power coins out of five for me. Yep. Uh, so in total, it would be a, a nine and a half out of ten. Yep. And Agreed. I, I think uh, when you're talking about comics and to get those, those kind of scores, uh, you've had a good time. Uh, oh, 100%. And so, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. It brought together two of my favorite properties. And you know, it's funny rereading this last night. I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't let myself wonder and imagine, but given when this was released and how close it was to both movies, mm-hmm. I would have, and I know Hollywood would never, God forbid, they share profits, but. Man, would I have loved the Justice, you know, the, the 2017 Justice League actors mm-hmm. and the 2017 Power Ranger actors to be in a crossover movie. Oh, yeah, that would uh, that would have been that have been awesome. That that really would have been DC cool. and, yeah. and Hasbro, uh, yeah, whatever it was, E1. You guys want mm-hmm. to make a billion dollar movie or close to that'll billion? do it. <laughs> So yeah, no, I I would have I, I just every time I saw the characters, I'm like, yeah, uh, I'd love to see again. And now just talking about, I love to see it turned into an animated movie. So yeah, but at the end of the day, if the comic is all we get, it was a great comic, and I'm glad that I have it as part of my collection. And um, yeah, it made this fan very happy, and uh, judging by what you said, it made you very happy too. So yep, uh, they did their job. Uh, and not only did, uh, did, did Nick read it digitally, he now has a physical copy as well. That's how good the book is. Exactly. When exactly. you have it in two, in two different formats, you know the book is good. So, um, yep. uh, so uh, kudos to uh, the creative team involved. Uh, and uh, we enjoyed it. And uh, if you haven't picked this up yet. It, yeah, it's still out there. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's new to you, like it was to Nick, can't recommend enough. Hit up Comicsology if you do digital. 
Actually, it's Amazon now. Or physical. Head to your local comic shop or Amazon.com. And you'll be able to pick this up for yourself and read it. But uh, Nick and I will be back uh, covering more Power Rangers uh, news and, and pieces of entertainment. A lot more comic reviews coming uh, around the corner. And uh, hopefully we'll get some more uh, reboot uh, news soon as well. Mm-hmm. But until we're back again, enjoy uh, the 29th anniversary of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And remember that the Power Rangers and the Justice League are forever. From their first celebration in the juice bar to their last. So long, everybody.